Welcome to Madison City Channel's Know Your Candidates interviews, co-sponsored by the League of Women Voters of Dane County. I'm your interviewer, Louise Robbins, and I would like to introduce David Huffert, running for Alder from District 13. As we begin, please tell our viewers a bit about how your educational, vocational, and civic experience has prepared you for the position and why you decided to run for Alder. Thanks, and uh, thanks for having me here. Excited to be able to have this conversation with you. I'm a native Madisonian. Uh, I grew up in this city, and this city, this city really um, instilled in me the progressive values that have guided my life ever since. Uh, I'm proud to be a Madisonian, and I would like to be able to give back and to continue the tradition that's been passed down to me. I have a graduate degree in public policy, and four of the last five years I've been the president of a neighborhood association in Madison, two different neighborhoods, two years each. So I've been doing this work for a while. I've been um, finding ways to give back to my community, and I've been learning what it takes to navigate thorny issues. You know, there are very few issues where everybody just agrees. You have to find ways to bring people together, to learn from each other, to find common ground. Um, and I've been doing that, and I'd like to continue doing that. Um, because we have important issues uh, facing us. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about some of them. I want to really bring um, that collaborative mentality to the city council. Madison's efforts to address chronic homelessness have appeared to fall short, especially with regard to providing sufficient support systems for a housing-first approach. What ideas do you have that might create greater success for projects such as the one on Tree Lane? Sure. I mean, I think the most important thing is uh, there have been setbacks, there have been unexpected challenges with the Housing First. We do not need to be giving up on Housing First. Um, and even, and we're not, right? We've, we've uh, passed a resolution now to, uh, first we added security, then we added uh, support funding for support services, now we've also added a front desk person uh, to kind of play both roles in between. Um, I don't think Housing First is a failure. I think actually to expect that gathering together some of our most challenged people in this city and expecting it to go off without a hitch would have been an unreasonable expectation. Um, I think we need to stay the course. Now we need to learn the lessons. We need to make sure that there's adequate funding in the budget uh, for those support services. Um, we need to make sure that there's appropriate security without turning it into some kind of prison. But we have to stay the course. Of course, the third location proposed is in District 13. Uh, and I continue to support building that third location precisely because Madison is really good at talking about social justice. We have a less good track record on actually doing what it takes to achieve it. This is one of our chances. And I want to be a part of finding that right balance, having the security, but continuing this important work. The Madison Police Department has been faulted for not having appropriate policies and training around de-escalation and use of force, especially with regard to people of color. What is your perspective on whether any changes are needed in ways Madison police operate in the community? Yeah. You know, we, we've had this um, consultant study that's come out now, the OIR report, that has, I forget the number, 146 maybe, different recommendations of changes that could be made. Uh, and I support adoption of those recommendations. Um, and I think the key point here is supporting the adoption of those recommendations, supporting the idea that changes can be made, that's not an attack on police. 
That's not an attack on our system of, of first responders. That's wanting to work with our first responders uh, to improve. I especially think there are some recommendations in there that have to do with just documenting um, better, you know, daily logs of, of work, making sure that the great progressive policing training that our officers have are being utilized at the right times. Um, so I think that the first step is to go ahead and actually implement those recommendations and, and to move forward together. Of course, the other big one that has now been recommended is a civilian oversight uh, board. I support that as well. I think we need to make those changes not because the police are bad or wrong, but because it just makes sense to have that kind of uh, checks and balances on the system. There is a perception that Madison's story is a tale of two cities, one in which people of color are less likely to experience success. What can be done to ensure that Madison is a community in which all people can thrive? Yeah, and I do think it is a tale of two cities. Um, I think it breaks down on racial lines. I think it also breaks down on socioeconomic lines. Um, you know, I'm a white upper middle class homeowner. I'm doing just fine in this city. Uh, and I don't think we need a lot more policies that, 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 that help people like me. Um, but we need to make sure that we are <clears throat> building affordable housing in this city, um, increasing the funding in the affordable housing fund. I've proposed from $4.5 million to $6 million a year. Um, we need to make sure that we're not only building affordable housing in certain parts of the city. We need to use affordable housing projects as a way to desegregate the city rather than entrench segregation. That's why I've called for the next major development on Monroe Street, one of the major thoroughfares in my district, and one of the wealthier thoroughfares in my district. The next major development on that street needs to be an affordable housing development, and I would make that my personal you know, pet project, if you will, uh, to see that that happened. So I think there's a lot of things on affordability that we can do. I do think police reform ties into this as well. I think it's, it's well established that some of these um, challenges with the police are disproportionately happening to people of color as well. Uh, and I think we can talk about what does economic mobility look like? How do we as a city make sure that um, our education system is serving people of all skin colors um, and that, you know, uh, vocational training is serving people of all skin colors, making sure that you don't that, that you can succeed in Madison without necessarily being in the college pipeline. Uh, so there's lots of things that we can do. What issue have you identified as being of primary concern to the residents of your district, and how would you approach tackling it? Yeah. Um, certainly, um, yeah. The, the question was primary concerns. So I think the obvious answer here is the um, Edgewood High School's proposal to <clears throat> um, to improve their athletic field, putting up lights and sound. People refer to it as the stadium. I don't think it's technically a stadium, but you know that that's what it might feel like to some people, certainly. Um, and this is actually an issue where there really is a lot of difference between how I've been handling it and how my opponent has been handling it. I believe that. Anytime you have a fundamental disagreement, in this case about kind of what is the appropriate use in a residential neighborhood, um, where there's validity on both sides, right? And I think it's important that we understand and acknowledge that there's validity on both sides. I get it why the kids want to be able to play home games, and I get it why the people who live 100 yards away are concerned about noise. Um, when there's validity on both sides, the only path is to sit down collaborate, negotiate, compromise if necessary, and move forward together. This has been an incredibly divisive issue, and it shouldn't be. 
right? We should be having big fights about affordable housing and racial justice. We shouldn't be having big fights about lights on a football field. Um, so we have to work together, and that's the approach that I bring. The relationship between the council and the mayor appears at times contentious. Is this a problem? And if so, how would you improve the relationship? I do believe it's a problem. I don't think you make good decisions when your branches of government are spending a lot of their energy bickering with each other. Um, so I think it's, it's actually very important that we um, do what we can to improve the relationship. But I don't think it's a structural thing. I don't think you're going to change some policy or ordinance to make that happen. You need to make sure that the personalities are willing to play nicely with each other. And you do that by building relationships. You do that by building relationships professionally. You also do that by building relationships outside of that professional relationship. Um, and you do that by always remembering that even if you disagree with somebody on policy, that they're playing for the same team. Right? We're all playing for the Madison team here. Um, and you, you keep that in the forefront of your mind. That When you disagree, you say, well, let me try to figure out why they feel that way. Not why I'm right. Why do they feel that way? What led them to come to that conclusion? Let me understand them better, uh, and then we can work together. So I look forward to working with whoever the next mayor is um, and whoever the, the other council members are. What changes, if any, should be made in how the city approaches major projects such as the Judge Doyle Square and the public market? Yeah, um, great question. I think that certainly with Judge Doyle Square, we learned that... Um, you know, a developer's proposal up front can look great on paper, um, and then working with them can be, can be problematic. Um, I think there are a few things that we can do. To the extent that we learned in that process that maybe um, having a developer who is local could have a different impact than a developer from out of town, we could revise the standards in our RFP process and our request for proposal process to weight more heavily the features that we want to see in a developer. Um, so, so I think there are things that we can do, um, but I also think that we have to be okay with the fact that we have a very you know, vendor-blind process. There's a reason why we have a request for proposals process, and we want to honor the fact that we do that so that there isn't um, rampant um, favoritism going on either. What council committees do you want to serve on and why? I certainly would be interested in serving on the plan commission. Um, a my district, um, even more than others, has a lot of development activity going on. We have the Monroe Street Corridor, we have the Park Street Corridor, we have the Regent Street Corridor. And I think having this district's alder be a part of those development decisions and those planning decisions would be very important. I'm also extremely interested in some kind of transportation committee. I, my research as a graduate student before I got my public policy degree was on self-driving cars. And I'd love to be a part of the conversation about how do we um, proactively um, set up our transportation system to allow for that major change that, of course, we read in the paper recently is, is coming later this year. What would you like to say to the viewing audience as we complete this interview? Well, thank you for taking the time to um, speak with me and, and to, to listen to this interview. I, I think I really want to emphasize that um, Madison is entering a time of major transition. I like to refer to it as Madison is transitioning from being a big little city to a little big city. 
Um, and there's all sorts of changes that come with that uh, in terms of density and public transportation and environmental concerns. None of these are going to be easy. And the question is, how do we approach problems in a way that doesn't divide us on every single issue? So I really believe that what I have to offer is this collaborative approach and a proven track record of collaborating with neighbors, with developers, with public sector, private sector, um, to solve problems in a way that, rem that, that we keep in mind our big picture values and we acknowledge the individual concerns that come up with a specific project. Um, but I think we, we need to push ourselves to not think about it just as individual issues or projects. We have to remember our big picture values, and that's what I'm really committed to doing as an alder, uh, and that's why I'm asking for people's votes in District 13. I want to thank David Hoffert for speaking with us and the viewing audience for taking the time to know your candidates. Please vote in this and every election. On behalf of Madison City Channel and the League of Women Voters of Dane County, I thank you for joining us.